0: What I'm pointing to is that marriage itself is not the thing that makes sex moral. There is something else, and I think we've forgotten what that something else is.
1: Oh, the suspense. The suspense! Welcome back to Offbeat BPOV. My name is Chen and I'm joined by my lovely co hosts Fatani, your,
2: your favorite girl, Fatani,
3: And Pronik. good to be back. Very, very excited about today's conversation, okay, Why are you excited about today's conversation? Because it's a conversation that's not had openly, you know, that's not had properly, you mm-hmm. know. It's a conversation that I feel like, um, yeah, let's definitely make it part of a Christian upbringing, you know, a Christian... Youth.
2: I feel like as Pronik has so much to say, he should introduce uh, the topic.
3: No, uh, uh, now uh, when sorry. he comes to saying the word,
2: like the topic today. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, let, let 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 me let me tell you guys why Pro Pronik is excited because we have a very special guest with us today, um, all the way from Virginia. Virginia was it? Was it? Right. Yeah, so your we mother, so foreign, your mother we?
2: tongues really came out.
1: <laughs> Listen, we're, we're British, okay? We're not Americans. Yeah. There's weird names. Anyway, we have a very special guest all the way from Virginia today Dr. Kevin Jensen,
3: mm.
1: who is the author of a book titled Sacred, Not Sinful. Mm. It's a very interesting book. Uh, the idea, the concept, the, I guess, where it sits in culture is it's an interesting book an interesting take yeah so we're very
0: very happy to have you here uh, dr lucky. kevin jensen welcome how are you thank you it's really good to be here i've enjoyed our conversation and look forward to spending some time together Fun, fantastic fantastic so we're going to dive straight in then mm-hmm.
1: um so kevin if you just want to tell us a little bit about where sacred not sinful came from um Yeah, especially the title. Where did that come from?
0: Yeah. Well, this book I actually wrote under the working title of Christian and Sex Positive. And that title came from a friend of mine who's a sex educator. I was on his podcast a few weeks ago and he sent me a message saying, Do you mean to say that you are Christian and sex positive? And so I wrote the book under that title. But as I was working on it, I started to realize, you know what? What I have here is a my story of how I went from Christian and sex negative, really, or Mm -hmm. Christian and afraid of sex, where everything to do with that was covered in shame and fear Mm -hmm. and uncertainty to being able to approach sex as something sacred, not sinful. And I had Mm -hmm. to go through a long journey with the Bible, with God, in conversation with people in my life to reach that point. And I think I was in conversation with somebody one day, and I just said, "Well, this is this is where the book can take you if you read the story. It's not about being Christian and sex positive; it's about understanding that sex is something sacred, not something sinful, and kind of shifting that conversation within the Christian paradigm has been mm-hmm. my goal with it."
2: Oh, really intriguing! It's very okay.
1: So let's let's go back a little bit, and I, and I want to start with sex positive, mm-hmm. right? Could you just define that for me or
0: explain explain that to me? Yes. I think when that term is used in modern culture, people tend to be sex positive, like everything about sex positive. Mm. Mm. And that's part of the reason why I shifted the title away. Because I think that when we have something like human sexuality, which is something sacred, To approach it without an understanding of what it is and without honoring what it is, Mm. that's not something I can be positive about. Mm. At the same time, we have something in Christian culture where our ignorance about sexuality, our ignorance about how to experience it in ways that align with our integrity, that have us experience freedom, where we feel skillful and powerful and holy Since we don't have any of that, we tend to to hide sex away. Mm. And we don't want to talk about it because the only thing we know about sex is how to get it wrong. Mm. And so really sex positive, I think, has emerged in culture as an opposition to this sex negative or sex fearful or sex ignorant context. Mm. And so that's how I would be using that term is instead of ignorance, Let's have knowledge instead of fear. Let's have freedom instead of guilt. Let's have forgiveness. Let's have intimacy with God as the starting point of how we experience sex.
3: Interesting. Yeah. No. Um, I can see why. Like why you changed. Not changed per se, but um. With that, I, I'm understanding a lot more how suiting um sacred, not sinful, is. Uh, because and unless if I'm getting it wrong, but you're not saying that everything all in, but mm-hmm. it's almost from a point of no, actually, you know, within the realm of what we what can be done, let's be positive about that, you know, let's let people know about it. People shouldn't feel ashamed or anything like that because this is a sacred thing that god put in place does that make sense mm-hmm. whereas if you had gone um if it was just about let's say if the title had just been like sex positivity mm-hmm. then i haven't read the book and read i'm quoting dr kevin there well he said we can do anything <laughs> like yo hold on slow yeah. down that's just the title read the book <laughs> yeah do you understand what i'm coming for <laughs>
1: yeah no I, 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 yeah i get that um okay so i i want to go back a little bit then because um obviously something led you to focus on the christian and sex so i want mm, to understand yeah. what what what, well, what, what
3: did you see that was wrong in the christian sex what were we getting wrong
1: <laughs> so i'm gonna start the journey I that, that brought you to the point where yeah. you are like you know what this no, is an there needs this to be is more a, light.
2: a topic mm. that needs to be delved yes. into yes. a lot more. Yeah, yeah yeah i don't know what all this was people need to be freed <laughs>
0: Hmm. I love that question because this is this is my story. Uh-huh. I needed to be freed. It wasn't that I was looking around and I'm like you need to be free, you need to be free. I'm like I need to be free because uh-huh. I I've I've been on a Christian journey with God basically my entire life. I was born to missionary parents. I was raised in the church. I was studying Greek by the end of high school, but uh-huh. steeped in the Bible, steeped in Christian culture. And yet there was a detachment in my life from here's all the Christian things I believe. And then here's like the real world over Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And as I set out on my journey of discovering how God could be part of my life in every part of life, not just on Sunday, not just in my beliefs, but in how I show up in the minute in relationships, I realized I was experiencing deeper intimacy with God. I was experiencing deeper connection with other people. And for some reason, my desire for sex did not go away. Mm. And I said, well, this is a problem, A, because I'm not married, and B, because if you're not a married person within traditional Christian sexual ethics, the only time you're allowed to have sexual desire is after you're married. Mm -hmm. And I became frustrated because I said, I'm experiencing deeper intimacy with God. This shouldn't be a problem anymore. And it was. I had no capacity to look like, in spite of thinking of sex as something sinful, in spite of knowing all the ways to do it wrong, I had never developed an alternative that was healthy. I didn't have a way of seeing a woman's body for me as something beautiful. It was something if I were to encounter beauty. If I were to encounter something erotic or sensual, I Mm -hmm. had to leave it because I had no way of that being a healthy part of my life. I could Mm -hmm. not look at someone beautiful because I had two options. My two options were lust, objectify, Mm -hmm. or look away. And I said, there has to be some third option, Mm -hmm. some way that I can come to something beautiful, some way that I can be a sexual being both internally as well as looking around in the world and realizing sex and life are deeply connected, beautiful parts of creation. Mm-hmm. I needed some way that that could be a positive part of my life connected to my relationship with God instead of the ultimate enemy to my Christian walk. Mm. And so I said, well, everyone who I read, I read all the books. I, I, I had a chat with Joshua Harris, author of I Kiss Dating Goodbye Not Too Long Ago. And Mm. he influenced me profoundly in my early teen years, and he represents his book represented the dominant Christian paradigm of purity culture, which is you either do it wrong, or you don't do it at all. Mm. Until you get married, then when it's all okay, and there's really no guidelines whatsoever. Okay, Uh, I, I, I want I want to go back a little bit to something you
1: said, which I found very interesting. You said you had two options. You exactly. either either lust, lust?
3: Um, or look away.
1: Mm. Or look away. Mm. And yeah. there had to be a third option. Mm.
0: Did you find that third option? <laughs> I believe so. And that is why I wrote the book. So in 2013, okay. I, I faced this choice because I was in a worship service and I was in a charismatic church where people dance. And I saw the most beautiful girl dancing.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And I knew I knew I couldn't appreciate it. I knew I had no capacity to, to value it as part of worship, to share in that experience of communal worship together. I just couldn't
2: uh-huh.
0: because of my paradigm. The next week I was in a school of ministry. I sat down next to someone who was a Christian deliverance person. They do something called SOZO which is saved and set free is about bringing salvation to every part of life. Mm-hmm. I didn't even speak to the person. I just sat down next to them and the Holy spirit did something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but the rest of that day I went to a coffee shop and I started to write. I said, God, I need a solution. Nobody who I've read has an answer guide me. I'm open. I'm frustrated. I'm at, you know, I'm at my wits end. This is what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went to the coffee shop. I wrote the rest of the day. I wrote the rest of the next day. And what I wrote is the theological, philosophical heart of a new approach to Christian ethics. Hmm. And I said, this is really interesting. This is really scary. I wrote the word sex on a paper. I'm very uncomfortable about this. Hmm. And I also knew I I needed something more than a new intellectual paradigm. Hmm. Before I started to share this, I had to find out if it actually worked in my life. And so I would say the past 10 years, since I sat down and wrote that, have been testing, developing, growing into becoming that free person, becoming Mm -hmm. that person who lives in that third way, being able to experience my sexuality, this thing God created as part of my life, as something beautiful that I can experience with integrity, with freedom and with skill. So these are, the, these are the three things that I say, all right, this is where I feel like I've come to. Sacred, not sinful, this book, mm-hmm. again, shares my journey from my point of frustration to the first times when I realized, oh, this is possible, to when I started to integrate this into my life, down to the point of decision where I realized that even though it would be much easier keeping this a secret because sex is a very controversial topic, mm-hmm. I needed to share it. And so all of that is in my book, Sacred, Not Sinful, just that unfolding journey, because it took place mm. over 10 years. It's quite a long story. And quite a Thanks for time. asking. Mm.
2: So how does that then, obviously you gave your, 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 your three ways, how does that translate practically in your everyday life?
0: Integrity, freedom, and skill. What does
2: that freedom look like? What does it manifest like on a a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis?
0: Yeah. I kind of want to make a grid now. I'm like daily, weekly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) On Monday?
0: Right, on Monday it looks like this. Um, You know, I think one of the biggest areas that I, I appreciate the most Mm -hmm. is having come to understand that I can be totally open with God Mm -hmm. and with myself about what I'm experiencing. Mm. It always frustrated me when I would hear a Christian teacher about sexuality come in and they're like, I'm perfect. I figured it all out now. Like I have the Mm -hmm. answers. No no sexual sin, nothing to hide, nothing embarrassing. Like, you know, everything is good now. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so since when... Has something as complex as love, intimacy, mm. or sexuality, which includes every part of our life, been something we arrive at, and we say, I'm here now? Mm. And so for me, I come in and I share my story as somebody who is in process, on mm. the journey with God, and free to be on that journey. Free to realize 10 years from now that I thought some pretty stupid things mm. back in the day. <laughs> Free to continue to grow and when I fall down to get back up and say, yeah, it's okay. I'm learning. I know where I'm headed mm. and I know that I can choose this destination. I have an idea of where I'm going, not an idea of the things that I'm trying to avoid, to not do, avoid. to not mess up. I want to
1: move forward a little bit forward, but sideways, mm-hmm. um, because I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. And I think it's, it's definitely different <laughs> to, to what I guess you'd hear. In what church. is what is normally preached? <laughs> um, But so, so what I want to understand is, and I guess this is the first sort of, um, section that I want to, that I want to go into mm-hmm. is sex before marriage, because from, if I, if I'm understood, um, what, what you share and what, what you, um, sort of put put out into the world. What we know thus far is sex before marriage is wrong, is always wrong. And then once you get married, just don't talk about it. You know, Mm. it's nobody's business. (laughs) (laughs) So 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 you've come in and you've said no 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 you know let's have a conversation. This clearly Mm. you know isn't serving anyone in in the best way. Mm -hmm. So I want to start by this conversation of sex before marriage. In in your revelation, in your journey, in your point of view. Um of PPOV. In your point of view, um what 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 just about sex before marriage? Is it always wrong? Or is this is there situations where the it, can it can actually be, right. be in, in, in the way that God intended it to be? Or is it
3: always wrong, but God forgives it, so it's fine. Mitigating uh-huh.
0: circumstances <laughs> again with the multiple options. I love this.
3: Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: You all sound like the inside of my brain. Sometimes it's like
2: <laughs>
1: well,
0: we, we love that.
1: We love that. <laughs> that's that. That's what we want to hear.
0: And and you have also hit on this is probably the most sensitive aspect of my work for a lot of people, mm-hmm. and it's actually an area where I'm growing because as somebody who's been on this journey for ten years, it's easy to forget that 10 years ago, there is no way I could have imagined anything different than the paradigm that I grew up with. Mm. I, grew, I grew up with the traditional Christian teaching that anything sex before you're married is sin. Mm. And there was this line of people weren't quite sure where sex began. Mm. And so we're like, okay, so is it like if you see someone and they, they're, you know, like wearing a bathing suit Mm. Uh, not fully covered in in a in a dress if if they're a woman, or mm. is it you know when you touch them for the first time, mm. like holding hands is that like and there's this idea of like kind of a slippery slope and it probably moves from hand holding to kissing to mm. close touching to mm. the clothes come off to like you touch intimate body parts to ultimately we have this idea mm. and I'm I'm not exactly sure how explicit you can be. Um, here in this podcast, but of of sexual intercourse as being this now we know you crossed the line. But up until mm-hmm. that point, we're not quite sure. You might have maybe mm-hmm. crossed the line. Mm-hmm. And there's this ambiguity then around the body, around relational intimacy. Mm-hmm. There is there's openness, surprisingly, in in at least how I grew up, there's openness to deep spiritual intimacy of a mm-hmm. kind that. I would consider today even inappropriate, Mm. especially if you don't bring a full balance of yourself into that relationship. Um, So there's, there, there becomes all of these little complicated questions of how far is too far far. and Mm. where is the line and what are we allowed to cross? I was one of those people who said, I believe this is a sin. Therefore I'm not going to do it. Mm. I, I said, if I have sex, I feel like this is the ultimate thing to disconnect me from God. I cannot do it. Mm -hmm. And yet I want it. And I I know I'm not supposed to, but I do. And I also have a very negative experience of this desire. I have no way of it being a healthy part of my life. And yet, in spite of not being married, I hit puberty. And Mm -hmm. here it is. Mm -hmm. So what do I do? Mm -hmm. Uh, or do you do (laughs) (laughs) right well this is where I have a phrase now that has become a favorite of mine Mm -hmm. and that is ignorance is the enemy of intimacy
3: okay interesting
0: the problem that I faced was not a problem of having sexual desire of being created Mm -hmm. as a human being with Mm -hmm. sexuality The problem was one of ignorance about what sex was Mm. and how sexuality was part of my life and how it could be a part of my life in a healthy way. I didn't know that because nobody talked about sex. Mm. And when they talked about it, it was don't have intercourse until after you got married Mm. or don't look at porn. That's, that's the other, that's the other big conversation, Mm -hmm. but there's, there's never this, well, how do we take this desire, which God gave us Mm -hmm. and use it in a way that produces something positive in our life. Mm -hmm. And since that conversation didn't happen, I was ashamed of it. I felt guilty for everything I experienced and I wasn't able to be intimate with God or with other people about something that was a huge influence in my life, mm. which led ultimately to a detachment from relationships. So my my starting point here is, is really quite negative. Like I did the stuff, I followed the rules, but it led me to a really awful place of feeling isolated, disconnected, mm. and at war with myself.
3: Interesting
2: so I guess what, where, where, where is that line then so obviously mm. we've spoken about the hand-holding hugging and kissing and petting and then heavy petting I think people call it bases now
3: <laughs> uh, no it used to be called bases so what I is it now updated I don't know the, it used to be bases like, so that, it's, just going what, what, is, it, what years. is it now I don't know but you stages? can't say people call it bases now stages? it's stages
2: I don't know. But I'm guessing the young
0: people are. You have...
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I know I'll go back to what I know. Obviously back then we used to call it stages. First base, second base, third base. So I guess mm. when it comes to at what base does it get sacred? I mm. guess that's my question. Now, what base does it get sacred? And is it the act that's sacred mm. or is it the feeling of sexuality mm. that's sacred? No, not,
3: just just to add to that before you come in, um, yeah. I could I I could relate to what you're saying so much. You know, like you 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 had you you gripped me in in what you were explaining, and I was just like, oh, what's the answer then? What's the answer then? What is he gonna say? Because right. everything you were explaining there are things that I once went through myself, and you're definitely right. Um. Definitely in the Christian community, uh, mm-hmm. uh, for us Africans, especially, it also comes from in, in the household as well. Um, but talking about in the Christian community, it was not really addressed, you're, you're kind of left to your own devices to like figure it out. You know? yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's like you're you're 12 years old, and then there's a there's silence, and then suddenly you're 20 or 25 married, and then you go not do it. I mean, you know, <laughs> and then it's like you can talk about it again. There's like a voice, but no, you can talk about <laughs> yeah, it for yeah. one day. No, your I do think
2: they and then well, I don't mean ma- I don't mean with about
3: adults it. and stuff, but I mean, as in, even with your peers now, it's like a, a conversation that you can yeah. you can openly have, but, mm-hmm. but then there, there are some years that are missing, mm. you see. And what he, I don't know about you, but from what he was explaining, I, I, I went back to when I was 12, 13, 14, I, I was actually following, you know. So, I'm just adding to that, say so that. So, if, if you could, yeah. like, to our young Christians listening today that yeah. are gripped just like we as well listening to you trying to figure out oh finally I could get my answer you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, what, what where is all the line? these tingly feelings <laughs> exactly. inside me what do I do you with know, them? should they not be feeling attraction or sexual attraction to, to, to the opposite sex for example you know or should they that's not that's be feeling right. last and mm-hmm. if they are if they are in relationships which you know it's fine because if you're gonna marry someone you're gonna start dating them
0: mm-hmm. you know
3: where where do where should they draw the line you know should they not hold hands should then we we can talk about physically and then is we can come a line? to it the, is the airline you know so we can talk about yeah. physically and then we can come to 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 the spiritual aspect because you said something interesting where the, the a, a spiritual connection that will, that that now would deem inappropriate because mm-hmm. it was too deep mm-hmm. you know so yeah. we can come to that aspect but for now on the physical side for our listeners Where's
2: the line? I feel like yeah. you're listening for yourself. No, you
3: keep
2: saying for your listeners, but I feel like low-key. this is <laughs> like, I'm, is so like I listen I'm to you
3: <laughs> Listen, you're never too old to learn the right thing, okay? <laughs> you know, I've been getting it wrong all these years. I was this year old when God saved me.
0: <laughs> so I, I, I love the questions, and I realized that I didn't bring us all the way to an answer. I really gave yeah. us our starting point. And I appreciate this follow-up question because it it reflects a paradigm that is dominant in our Western way of thinking right now. And that is one that is looking for, I want something that is measurable, observable, verifiable. This is the scientific mm-hmm. method. If you can't see it, it's not real. Mm-hmm. This is materialism. This is Western materialism that we've inherited. And we've then brought that back into our sexual ethics, thinking of sex as potentially mm. something that is only physical. physical. Mm. And what I make a case for is that part of the sacredness of sex is that it touches every single part of your being. Mm. It touches you physically. It touches you relationally. Mm-hmm. It touches your psychology, how you think, the emotions you feel. Mm-hmm. And most importantly of all, It touches you spiritually. Mm -hmm. And so when people are looking for the line, they're often looking for that physical line. But the physical line may look different for everyone. For me, that line was kissing. I couldn't kiss another person without feeling like I had violated my standard for intimacy. Okay. Uh, And again, the same thing happened with, with hand-holding. I could, I could never touch another person in a healthy way because touch had been so sexualized in my life. And I was mm-hmm. always jealous of those people who could hug their friends and like cuddle with each other. And it was amazing. And I was like, how do you, like you all are brothers and sisters, how are you cuddling with each other? That for me was yeah. on the other side of the line. Mm-hmm. And it was on the other side of the line because I didn't know how to have a healthy relationship with mm-hmm. my body. I didn't know how to have a healthy experience of touch, of intimate touch with another person, because all of it was potentially sex or part of that ambiguous slippery slope to the place mm-hmm. that you're not supposed to go. So instead of answering the question, where is the physical line, this observable thing that I can say, well, did you do this or not? We got to know if you sinned or if you didn't sin. And say, no, like, do you actually know yourself? And what this particular thing means to you and where this activity sits in relationship to the person you're with in your current walk with God and how it would affect you. And so for me, I will say whatever that line feels like it is for you, where if you cross over it, it's taking you out of integrity with yourself, taking you out of relationship with that other person where you trust each other out of your connection with God, where you know, yes, I want you here present with me in this moment. I think those are really good indicators of where the line is. And I think that line is going to look different for every single one of us based on our circumstances and how healthy we are in each of these areas.
1: You were saying interesting all throughout that. What were you thinking?
3: Um, No, I was saying interesting because... um... Kevin mentioned something that um, I've, I've always thought thought of as well. Mm. Yeah, when he was talking about sometimes you look for a physical limitation or a, a physical explanation, you know, and mm-hmm. whereas it's not that simple, in my mm. words. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I think for me that explains a lot of uh, even if we go back to our discussions, like I mean, don't don't stone me, but like horror movies and lottery, these kind of like grayish. Mm-hmm. areas yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm pointing out yeah don't 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 worry about it it's just an example <laughs> Look, <it's carrying. laughs> um when we go into those areas uh if i was to sum up um what the pastor is saying uh, what the doctor is saying <laughs> So we had a pastor on our show last week <laughs> uh-huh. uh, what the doctor is saying um it's almost like um the spirit will guide you so it's almost like the line is different for everybody depending on, on where you on depend on, on on where you on are your in your walk with God, yeah. So for example, uh, so for example, one could come and say, mm, I would, I would like what he was saying. I, I wouldn't kiss. Mm-hmm. One would be like, No, I can kiss, but I can't, you know, touch her body, you know. One can be like, Oh, I, I, I can hold her hand, but I can't kiss, you know. That's that's kind of like what I'm understanding you to say. So it's it's not that there's um a a, a one rule. It's all. Mm-hmm. It's almost like. Let the spirit lead, lead, you know? So that's why I'm saying that it's interesting. Mm. I didn't say I'm agreeing. I'm just saying it's interesting.
2: So I guess my question then I guess would be, or my thought point would be, would the spirit then, given what I believe the Bible says about sex before marriage, Mm -hmm. would the spirit lead to that act of physical intimacy? In the sense of sexual intercourse, in its real sense, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yes. so would would the spirit lead to that, or is it is it? Have I got the wrong end of the stick because I've already misunderstood what the word sex means?
3: It's it's not. I mean, he's gonna come in. Can I? Mm-hmm. No, um, of course. Obviously, I'm, I'm I'm following so much. I I, I, I could be him. <laughs> I'll be your ambassador. <laughs> no, it, it's it's. If if you are gonna say okay, your question is a very good question. Um, but, I know that's why I asked. But it. what I'm saying, <laughs> but the thing is that you've already started with sex as um a no no. You see, so you've already drawn a line there that no, you can't.
2: No, but you that's why I'm asking the question. I'm not drawing the line. My question is solely based on. I'm saying I have an understanding of what sexual intercourse is mm-hmm. so I'm saying would the spirit lead you to that based on my understanding of what sexual intercourse is and then my for my mm-hmm. caveat to that was but then have I reached that have I asked that question mm-hmm. based on what Dr Kevin said because I don't actually understand what the word sex itself means so to me I'm going from when I say sex I'm meaning Intercourse Intercourse The rampy pumpy. That's what I'm meaning (laughs) But am I then asking the question That would spirituality Would the spirit lead you to sex? Because I've already got that image in my head Of what sex
3: is Then the answer would be uh, I mean, I don't know his answer (laughs) Based on what I'm understanding It would be yes Yeah, go on, doctor Oh, I was going to say Take it away, professor (laughs) (laughs) See, it works Doctor, professor
0: (laughs) It's it's no, no. good. Your your question is a really critical question. Mm-hmm. And I think there's there's two things that I that I want to say to approach it. One of them is that there tends to be two responses from from people who identify as Christian when it comes to that question. And the traditional Christian moral sense has been here is the line, you don't have sexual intercourse until after you're married. Some of the other stuff we're a little bit iffy about is kind of in the gray area. Just don't, Mm -hmm. don't talk about it. Um, And you probably shouldn't, but like, we're not totally sure that you shouldn't. Um, And if you do, you kind of feel bad about it. And then you're like, I'm getting married anyway. So it's probably okay. Um, The other side of it are people who eventually when, when they reach this place of maybe we call it sexual liberation without Mm -hmm. being married, tend to dismiss that the Bible has anything to say at all. And they're like, mm-hmm. I'm a Christian. Jesus saved me. I can do whatever I want. There's mm-hmm. some antiquated rules in the Old and New Testament. And, you know, I eat bacon and I wear mixed fabrics and I have sex with whoever I want. Mm-hmm. And so there tends to be the either you're here or you're... And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You're with mm-hmm. God and you're not having sex unless it's with the, the partner you married and you're monogamous and you're heterosexual or mm-hmm. you kind of your other option is to dismiss the whole thing altogether.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And where I come into this conversation is actually right in the middle. okay? Because I think that the Bible does say something. I think it says something that's really important for us to hear.
2: Mm.
0: And I don't want to dismiss it and I also don't want to oversimplify it. Mm-hmm. I think that when you're talking to children, oversimplification is good. Um, you're a parent of a five-year-old. They have a, a colorful red ball that rolls out in the middle of the street. There's traffic coming. Child runs towards the street. Parent is like... You know, like you need to understand the velocity of traffic coming toward you. (laughs) You These drivers are probably going to be this time of day, how much light there is outside, whether or not they're going to see you if they have time to stop. Parent doesn't say any of that. They're just like, don't Mm -hmm. go in the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: That's a fair point.
0: Really good for the child. But now you have an 18 year old and they're like, well, I need to like, you know, they're really trapped their whole life because there's streets everywhere. And all they can remember is don't cross the street. Mm-hmm. But nobody ever right. teaches them how. Exactly. I think you all are grasping the parallel here. Yeah. No mm-hmm. th- th- that that that's a
1: very that's a very
3: good analogy. good analogy mm-hmm.
1: to to sort of drive home the point you're making. And I think that analogy. I mean, I was getting it in black and white when you said that. It just became in color. Like I could, I could see it. I understood it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but then I think the question still remains: mm. how 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 does this eighteen-year-old now cross the road? Mm. I guess it's it's where we're at now. Yeah. Okay. So how how is he crossing the road? Mm.
0: In or, so this or, is, or, or, or or rather maybe what's the right way to cross, to the, cross road the road? Is probably a yes. better way of phrasing yes. it. Yes, because the right way isn't to say you're eighteen now you can go cross the road. No. Yeah, because yeah. the dangers of the road still exist, whether you're 12 or 18. Right. And this is why we have so many cases, I think, of sexual abuse within marriage mm-hmm. or sexual dissatisfaction within marriage mm-hmm. or of sexual unfaithfulness within marriage, is because simply hitting 18 and saying, okay, you've reached the age where you can now cross the road or getting married and you're like, well, now you can do this doesn't change anything about never learning how to do this Mm -hmm. never learning how god can be present in this and you have a lot of i'm i'm beyond the scope of your question just a little bit but sometimes (laughs) people (laughs) say it's hard to flip the switch on the wedding night from something being bad your whole life to now it's suddenly good and the people who experience the most suffering through this are actually women And so that's, that's, that's a place that we may decide to go, but I need to, I need to bring one more thing into the conversation now. Mm -hmm. And that is a big part of this book is actually unpacking the scriptural concepts of pornea and of adultery. Mm -hmm. And I had to do that because I believed that somewhere in the Bible, there was a verse that said, thou shalt not have premarital sex. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't exist. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have gone looking for it, but it's like in the book of Third Lamentations or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely
1: not. No, I, the, the, I think there was a time I did go looking for it. But yeah, no, no, yeah, it, it, you won't find it. Not in those words. Anyway.
0: Right. So what I don't want to do is come into a conversation like this and be like, you know, this rule that you got, the parents said, don't cross the road. It doesn't. It doesn't really exist. It's not a rule. Like, no, Mm -hmm. actually, that was a really helpful guideline, a really helpful starting point. Now what you need to do is learn what does it look like to cross the road with integrity? For some Mm -hmm. of you, this is going to look like you need a relational commitment of marriage. Mm. You need to take responsibility for what happens by opening up this vast connection with another person, this deep intimacy with someone else. If you're not ready to hold that, marriage is a really great container. I hope you do that. Mm. And so I won't discourage anyone from following that path or even from waiting until marriage. What I'm pointing to is that marriage itself is not the thing that makes sex moral. There is something else. And I think we've forgotten what that something else is. Oh, the suspense. The
3: suspense. <laughs> 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 <You're> like, <"Woo!"
1: laughs> you definitely have us in have us in. We are yeah. hanging on
3: every single yeah, word you're saying. Carry on.
2: <laughs> I thought his sound went. I was like, no, 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 no.
3: no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is interesting, though. Just, just before he continues, just to... Emphasize emphasize on that, like on on the analogy you gave, mm-hmm. yeah. And I like again, um, in understanding this, I'm putting myself in that position. So as you are talking about this young person, you know, this person in relationship, I'm, I'm putting myself there. I'm seeing myself there, right? Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's the best way that um I can get the point home. Plus, it's also the best way that I can then, you know, go back and and share the point, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and the, uh, the 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 question where I'm, I'm getting an answer but i want to get it in a more clarified way that says that you know what this is the point does that make mm-hmm. sense this mm-hmm. is this this is you know if, if i go and say that you know what you need to go read sacred um yet sinful not yeah? sin. not sinful <laughs> sacred not sinful <laughs> that's wow a that's a different, that's
2: a different <laughs> message that is the whole different message
3: <laughs> so, uh, uh I, if I go it's and say that, I,
2: into you, don't want. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if I go and say that, you know,
3: you we need to go read this, this, this book. It's because I know that they they're gonna get the answers there. You know, yeah. so um yeah, so I was just emphasizing on that to say that where where you left us there, mm-hmm. you know, that word you just need to finish that word you're gonna say. All
0: right. All right. Explanation
3: <laughs> that that next explanation, that thing you know that, that's what brings you home. But I'm, I'm I'm really really enjoying this conversation. To be
0: fair, yeah, same same here. I l- I love all of your questions and and how you're tracking with me and, and and this this curiosity as well as the focus on okay, this is really the point that we have to get to, and yeah. I, I will let us get here um, in a in a in a few more minutes. But I want to give yeah. one more analogy before we go okay. into this, and I'm I'm debating in my mind between two different options. I'm going to go with. Well, you all drive cars, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Are there people who have licenses to drive who really don't know how to drive?
2: <laughs> yes, me. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But yes, yeah. Some yeah. that I've yeah.
3: forgotten maybe how to drive. <laughs> right. So no,
2: we know an auntie that has a, we, everybody knows an auntie that has a license that really should not be on the road. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and she passed on her like 37th try. <laughs>
0: So I used to be, I used to be a driving instructor. And so I would get people who did not know how to drive and they could sit in a class and they could, they could learn some things about it. But ultimately they had to get in a car with me and I had to be like, this is a steering wheel. This is how you accelerate. Mm -hmm. And we had to learn how to do things physically with the car. We had to learn how to do things relationally with the traffic. We had to understand Mm -hmm. where they were scared of things, what was going to make them freeze up instead of choosing the right decision. Mm
3: -hmm. They had to
0: know how to read the signs. It's a long, complicated process learning how to drive. You don't just Mm. get a certificate and now, oh, I have a license. That means I know. Mm. And I'm going to give you now the significance that I think is present in sex. Mm. I think that sexual intimacy opens up your life to the life of another person. It is one of the most spiritually, physically, relationally, psychologically vulnerable moments you can share with a person. I think that is the kind of intimacy we're created for with God in the kind of intimacy we're created for with each other. Hmm. But I can't just give you a license and say, you know how to do this. If I did that, you'd be like, you're stupid. You're sending people out to like, kill someone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a huge amount of Mm -hmm. risk. Mm -hmm. But imagine Mm -hmm. everybody was super scared of being, "I'm, I'm the bad driver. Everybody knows I'm the bad driver because I asked a question like, which way is left? And everybody laughs at you and they're like, how could you not know the answer to that question? Everybody knows this. Um, Mm -hmm. Or you get on the highway and you're like, I have to go, you know, 40 kilometers an hour or something because that's what the sign says, but everybody else is going 50 and now you're endangering traffic, Mm -hmm. right? So how how do we approach sexuality with the amount of ignorance we have around it With the amount of fear we have of asking a question of even like saying yeah i want to have sex even though i'm not married how do i deal with this somebody's like well you're not supposed to so stop if we don't get educated about how this impacts us physically spiritually relationally psychologically there's no way for us to make an ethical decision We're just completely unprepared for it. And I don't care whether you have the marriage license or you don't have the marriage license. Mm. If you never learn, you're opening up something. You don't know how to hold. You, you don't know, know how to carry. Hmm. Okay. Um,
1: wait, there's the, two, there's two directions in my head that, 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 that I'm, um, three directions go on i'm, I'm stood at I'm trying, I'm trying to pick one but um okay so from from what i'm understanding from from what i'm hearing you say you, your your big focus i guess is less on the physical and more on the spiritual mm. um mm. Or, or on the spiritual on the emotional on the psychological you Talk know About it. So, yeah so he he's coming from a point of it's about where someone is on their spiritual journey, yes, or, or, or where they are on their growth growth mm. journey, you know. And and,
3: and also sense, the fact being, that you have to learn it's
1: something that that stood out to, to me was mm. saying that is is this thing that you're going to do is it going to take you away from the presence of God? Mm. Is it going to make you fall out of integrity mm. in whatever it is you're mm-hmm. walking over? Mm-hmm. I heard that 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 really stood out to me. Mm. Um, that that I think that's a profound. Um, eye to 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 look at things through. It, it's mm-hmm. it's a yeah. really interesting question to ask yourself, and I think
2: you the, reason, the reason this. it stood
1: out to me is because I think that that's that's a good rule of thumb mm. for a lot of things, actually. Mm. You know, to ask yourself, is this thing that I'm partaking or indulging in is this causing me to straight you, from, you know, drift from is God. it pulling me further away from God or is it bringing me closer to God? Mm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah. and I think that's that's the point he was um well that's what i'm understanding one mm-hmm, of the points mm-hmm, to be saying mm-hmm. i think that's very very important
2: so while you're still here guys just want to say a massive thank you for staying and for listening please like and subscribe and we hope you're enjoying the conversation please put your thoughts in the comments because we would love to hear your
3: views
1: i think it's important what he said about it's not it's not Nothing or or mentality yes. mm. you know, yes, where yes. it's either nothing mm-hmm. or it's everything. It's everything, yes. So and I, and I think from what what I'm hearing him to say, he's emphasizing very heavily on, on the, in the middle ground, yes. right? Yes. It's yes. not nothing, but it's not
2: everything. Everything, exactly.
1: Goes. So I guess then to to throw it back to you, Doctor, mm-hmm. um, you brought up the word poor poor pornia. Pornia. Por, yeah. pornia, which I think is commonly understood. To be the root word for pornography and yes. sexual immorality and stuff like is that, that.
3: What it, is? Um, it was a vegetable so
1: <laughs> so so then um i guess when i said the path has been clear in my head i was like, okay that's fine if yeah. this is what we're saying mm-hmm. let's let's flip switches a bit and talk about sexual immorality mm-hmm. right what does that look, look like? like because if we're adopting
3: the for from what i'm
1: understanding you are acknowledging that that is a thing. There is such a thing as sexual immorality,
2: mm. um, which means that not everything goes. There is such thing goes. as
1: exactly, yeah. So, so Ooh, there is a way I of doing it that. wrong. Yeah. In going back to analogy, there's a way of crossing the road wrong, mm. right? So, what is yeah? So, what is that sexual immorality? Let, let's dwell
0: on that for a little bit. Yes, I'm so glad you asked. This is this is where I wanted to go, the um, conversation as well. Okay. Because when, when you're a child and and as an educator, I recognize that it's important to have checkpoints and milestones along the way. Mm -hmm. You don't Mm -hmm. just say, all right, you're 18. Now you're an adult. You never teach somebody how to be an adult. They're just, you know, they're going to be an older child. Yeah. And, and this has happened a lot in our world these days. Mm -hmm. And I think particularly when it, when it comes to sex. And so you have things like the law I'm just Mm -hmm. borrowing this, like the law of Moses. You have these standards, these things throughout the Bible. And there are two that are very clearly emphasized. One of them is do not commit adultery. Mm -hmm. And what adultery means is to have sex with a woman who belongs to another man. Adultery Mm -hmm. is a violation of property rights. And it's connected to the ancient system of patriarchy where women were property of the men. Adultery mm. does not put a restriction on male sexual activity. It puts a restriction on the sexual activity of a married woman. So how do we then today process the way that culture functioned, where the woman and her sexuality were the property of the man for a specific procreative purpose, mm. with our world today where we see men and women as created equal? This idea of in Christ, there is no male nor female. We do not, no longer, we no longer like own one another mm. in that same way. There is this level of equality we approach in our relationships. The elevation of woman that happens in the New Testament changes how we process what we receive from the Old Testament. Okay. That's one of, the, one of the three words I want to touch on. So that's a guideline. If your sexual activity is going to cause harm and chaos in somebody's relationship, don't do it that's that's the clear thing we can learn from the concept of adultery from the concept of pornea which is the second big concept is sexual immorality what pornea means is a big mystery to most people in the church because when somebody reads in the New Testament all the people who are pornea and adulterers are going to say go to the lake of fire or they cannot inherit the kingdom of God the mm. the preacher whoever's teaching usually follows that up by saying well pornea means A, B, C, D, things that I think are probably a sin. And you get Mm -hmm. a different set of things depending on who's teaching it. And when I found this out, I said, well, somebody has to go in and like investigate this. And there's a lot of incredible scholarship on this word. Um, And ultimately what it comes down to, there's a couple of possible meanings for it. One could be the sale of sexuality. So commodifying sex. Mm -hmm. And I think we've, we've done that quite well in our culture. We see that happening quite regularly. The the other thing that it means is to be dominated by your sexual desire. Mm -hmm. And this is the point point that the book leads someone to, is that we ultimately, if we are on a Christian pathway, we're called to intimacy with God, to life in the spirit. And if you walk by the spirit, you are no longer doing two things. You are no longer Mm -hmm. under the law, So no more what's wrong, what's right, where's the line, don't cross it. Mm -hmm. But you are also no longer a slave to the passions of your body. Mm -hmm. And so life in the spirit gives us liberty from two things that would dominate our sexuality. I Mm -hmm. think on the one side, remember that divide, the duality we talked about, you have a group of people who live under the law and need to know what the law is and are really scared of violating the law and ashamed of probably violating the law. And on the other side are people who are like, forget the law. My body tells me I want this. I'm going to go do that. Both Mm -hmm. groups of people are slaves to something that Jesus came to set us free from. from. Mm. We're invited to walk by the spirit and to see the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, all of this stuff emerging around our sexuality. And so anytime our experience of sex is taking us into darkness, into fear, into shame, into isolation, separation, this is is not life in the spirit.
1: Hmm.
0: We're called to life, to walk in the spirit, and then to be free from the law of the body and from the law of Moses. And now this is what Jesus says, and Paul repeats this. He says this, love fulfills the law. Mm -hmm. if you are able to let that be your guiding light, your love for God, first of all, and your love for others. If you're able to let this be your guiding light and you say, I want to love God more effectively, you're going to go study how to do that. You're going to study the Bible. You're going to develop your spiritual skill. If you want Mm -hmm. to love another person with your sexuality, you're going to understand the body. You're going to understand skill. You're going to learn what you're working with. You cannot love well with ignorance. Mm. So ultimately the call is this. If you want to live under the law, by all means, let's make the law. Let's make the line. Don't cross the line because your conscience will condemn you if you cross it, no matter where that line is for you. It's going to separate you from God. If I think your friends think it's okay, but you don't think it's okay, don't cross that line because it's going to lead you away from intimacy. On the other hand... (laughs) Let's learn how to live in the spirit, learn how to have that intimacy with the voice of God so that we know in every part of life, not just in our sexuality, yes, this is good. Yes, this is an expression of love. We have this thing that I want and we can learn what it looks like and develop skill in that area, develop wholeness, take that journey with God, take that journey with each other because it's okay to be in process. We're going to be learning our whole life. That is, I think, the invitation. That is, that's the invitation of my book. Sacred, not sinful. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, listen. <laughs> <laughs> we,
1: could could <laughs> we could be here all day. We could be here a while. But um, so <laughs> just just as, as we are bringing it to a close, um, mm-hmm. the last point you made, I can I can already hear um an objection in my head, and, and I just want to give you an opportunity to uh, sort of address it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because someone could not not an object. Maybe a question that someone could ask. A caveat. No, a question that I can In hear nuance. some of our audiences asking. Hey, you found his <laughs> so the so it, someone would say that yes, the last point you made about um being not under the law,
3: mm-hmm. um mm-hmm.
1: not slaves to our flesh, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. under the spirit and led by the spirit, mm-hmm. um masters of our flesh and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone could say yes, it is for that reason why the by Bi- the Bible teaches. No sex before marriage because mm. yes we all know that by the time you're 13 14 you begin your sexual awakening mm-hmm. but then the idea is you control your uh, urges, urges you uh... control your flesh you mm. you bring that into submission mm. um in a perfect world you would bring that into submission up until the point because where you've been free you from
3: it and you are now its master, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, up
1: to the point where you do get married, and then you're you're able to explore and enjoy it to its fullest extent, mm. um, not being led by the flesh, mm. but being master to the flesh. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think?
0: I would say two things. One, which will get me in even more trouble,
2: um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that is this: the the concept of pornea applies whether you are married or not. This choice mm-hmm. of being governed by the flesh or governed by the spirit applies whether you are married or not. Mm-hmm. And so it's a skill that all of us are called we into. To, so this sexual yes. ethic is equalizing and saying we, mm-hmm. we have to understand how to make this choice. And we have to practice it. We have to learn skills. There are certain things you can do with breath, with the body, with sensations um, mm-hmm. that will teach you how to navigate and navigate that desire. You cannot just say, no, I'm shutting this off until this point. You can try, but it's still going to be there. It's still going to be unhealthy. It's going to fester. Unless you understand how to move it and channel it through the body, through the mind, through the perspectives, through the way you relate to other people. And you can learn all of these things, which I may develop a course or something to to guide people through. I do personal guidance in these things right now because Uh – I'm like, A, once you choose this this path, you have to learn how to walk it. And there's not a lot of people teaching you how to walk it. We're just like, well, don't cross the line. But how do we not cross that line wherever we find it to be? Mm. So that's part A to your answer. Part B, I'm working on it. I would say follow my blog. Um, no, no, I seriously, I, I am. So I'm working on a book right now that, that I'm titling Polyamory and the Bible, because mm-hmm. there is not a good answer to the question, uh, this question, and it's the one that you asked me, is monogamy the only moral context for sexual intimacy? Mm-hmm. What does the Bible say? Because the Bible shows us a lot of potentially conflicting examples Like we talked about with adultery, it was a really unhealthy context. This idea of a woman's virginity and property belonging to a man and all of this, there's all of this chaos happening. The guy can have concubines. He can go see a sex slave. All of this stuff is in the Old Testament. Is that Mm. moral? It's never said anywhere that that's wrong. Even I have some scholars, they're like, why was sexual slavery never condemned in the New Testament? Mm. This was a common practice in that culture, not even Mm -hmm. mentioned. How do we choose And so if we're going on this choice of here's all the stuff we can't do, there's a lot of stuff that's not mentioned. Mm -hmm. A lot of people try to wrap that into the word pornea, but it's not there. The word pornea is being governed by your desire. That could apply to married heterosexual monogamous sex.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So what do we do? I'm attempting to point us towards something good because I think the Bible does give us this picture of what it can be as Mm -hmm. opposed to, well, let's figure out, where that line is. So I'm wrestling with where that line is in my new book because of that objection. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important. And I think we need to approach that question without bringing our modern day assumptions into it, recognizing that there was polygamy all the way into the New Testament. Typically it was only the male with multiple wives, but there are mm-hmm. a lot of details that go into that. And so I'm attempting to unpack that and should be publishing more on it in the days ahead.
2: We shall wait and see. You know
1: I, I, I think... By God's grace, that 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 is a great place to end the conversation for now. Um, I know we'll have
2: to pick up again after the new book. Yeah, I, I, I was, was, was going to say even
1: before the new when, book is when 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 even before apparently. But I was going to say when that new book is ready to be published, I think uh we need to have a, another conversation because mm. um yeah yeah, and we'll probably be. Bit longer next time, mm-hmm. and and I'll I'll tell you why this is interesting because you are right in that the topic of sex and the Christendom um, there is definitely a, there definitely a lot of dark rooms that still need to be lit and it's mm-hmm. gotten worse. It um,
3: be fair.
1: yeah, yeah, and the the more the world gets sexualized, it's like the quieter, exact the quieter Christians are getting yeah. when really no, no no, it's the louder, you, ocean. you know, yeah, the, the teachings. About it, you if know anything, the discussions they are now, and everything. They're needed now, even now, now mm-hmm, more, mm-hmm, than ever, more than 100%, ever, hundred percent. Which is why um, I personally was very excited mm-hmm. to, to 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 have yourself, Doctor, you know, talk a little bit about your book. Mm-hmm. Um, so just real, really quickly, um, where can they get your book? And you mentioned
0: the blog as well. Um, yeah. if you just want to let people know where they can find you, sacrednotsinful.com That's the place you find the book, the blog, podcast. You can find a link to my site from there. Everything's available at sacrednotsinful.com. Fantastic. Uh, Of course, we're also going to
1: uh, post the links to the book and everything on all our our sites and everything. So all our followers will be able to see it. Mm. And of course, if you're listening to this, then as soon as this is finished, check out Sacred Not Sinful. I imagine they can
0: get a copy on Amazon. Of the well, book, So from my site, you can find a copy at your favorite bookstore, or you can even buy one and get it signed directly from me. Uh, so both of those go, links nice. are there. There you go. Um, Dr. Kevin
1: Jensen, yep. thank you very much for your time today. Um,
0: we've been left wanting. You have um, some incredible questions, by the way. And, <laughs> and, and you all having the courage to tackle this subject and to open it up for people is Mm. something that I just, I want to take a moment to honor that because it takes a lot of courage to ask the question and to hold that tension of discomfort that comes from Mm. saying, no, it's not this way that we look at each other and judge each other. Maybe there is more to this conversation than we imagined. Mm. I appreciate the questions you brought to this conversation
3: amazing there's there's there's
0: definitely more to the
2: conversation
1: okay so in closing then I have one final question for you yes Um, so the question is if this is to serve as your last conversation ever so after this conversation there is you're not having any other conversation no other meetings no other interview with anyone else what is your message to the world based on your your, up to your journey at this very moment Mm. if you could speak no longer going forward, what would your message be to everyone who is listening and to the world? Mm.
2: Your pressure. Under pressure pushing down.
0: The thing that is most deeply beautiful that underlies all of this, the reason why I'm doing any of this is because sex is not meant to get in the way of intimacy. It's meant to be a way of experiencing intimacy with God. Mm -hmm. You can do your tricks, style.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was beautiful. That was beautifully put. I have to print that as (laughs) a (laughs) quote. Right? I was thinking we're going to have to write this